<laughs> oh, it's a good start. We'll get, the, we'll, get, we'll get this sorted. There we are. Welcome along, everybody. It is Victory Polo Tuesday. As you can see, Lauren is in his Victory Polo for this evening. Yep. And a very nice looking polo it is indeed, Lauren. How are things? Oh, not too bad. So far, so far we haven't been hit with the storms, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, obviously there's a there's a hurricane Paul's about to fly into UK. He's just finally managed to get on a flight um, after 24 hours of uh, arguing with British Airways authorities and American authorities and everything because of the PCR uh, new rules that have come in. So he, he got basically delayed 24 hours. So yeah, um, that that, that hurricane Paul is going to make hurricane or storm barra or whatever we want to call it look like a feckin tropical storm um yep. but as always folks it's tuesday night it is um it is episode 155 as you can see there victory tuesday dj dog hitting us straight away with comments as always folks get your comments into us let us know what your thoughts on thursday evening's game were let us know who you thought your studs and duds were. Let us know your feelings on all things Cowboys related. It's an intimate chat with myself and Lauren, and we're just going to bring in a gentleman here, David Hellman. Nope. Nope. Oh. 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 <laughs> How are they? Hey, what's going on, fellas? All good. good to see you, Dave. Good to see y'all. So we're just after kicking off, and we're going to break down um, the Saints post game. This is the Saints post game show, episode twenty five, one hundred and fifty five of our podcast. So, Dave, how are things? How was your weekend at home in Louisiana? Oh, it was wonderful. Thank you for asking. I mean, we talk a lot about the football aspect of it. Um, these guys needed a break after playing so many games in such a short amount of time. Well. I don't play football. It's not that important, but it was nice for me to get a break too. I promise you. I kind of, I lost track of what day of the week it was there for about three weeks. And so it was, it was nice to restart and see some friends and some fam and have some drinks and some good food and kind of catch my breath before this last five weeks of the season. So it was good. Very good. And where else are you playing at home at the weekend? They weren't, unfortunately. Um, that's the bummer. College football ends a solid month to month and a half before the NFL. So, uh, no, I mean, like, I, I mean, that's not something you need to know. But, uh, yeah, so. College well, especially our teams are all out of it anyway, aren't we? So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, LSU was terrible this year anyway. I don't know if I would have wanted to go to a game. But, uh, no, I, uh, I just hung out, went to some um, – <laughs> less LSU talk yeah well fortunately there's really not that much LSU to talk about anyway so it was good well look Dave it's it's, it's better than myself and Lauren who are soon to be members of the SEC with our tech, beloved Texas Longhorns yeah welcome yeah. welcome aboard fellas to, <laughs> might be in for a rude awakening absolutely so if just bef- before we before we jump into the game, obviously twenty seven seventeen victory at the Superdome. Um, we're eight and four, lead the NFC, ranked number four, and there was attendance of seventy three thousand there at the game. Um, Dave, gives your own initial thoughts on the game itself and how it went for you. 
Uh, I mean, look, I, I think most people would agree it was um, it was ugly football, and and on and th- I mean Thursdays usually are. That's the thing. Even yeah, it was technically a regular week for the Cowboys because they played on Thanksgiving. But again, you're still you're coming off a stretch where you're playing three times in a week and a half, four times in three weeks. If you go back to the week before that. So, I mean, I think this was the team that was maybe not running on empty, but close to it. And then you throw in the, you throw in the COVID absences. Obviously you don't have your head coach. I mean, there was, there was a lot of stuff going on, right? I mean, Amari Cooper's playing in his first game in, in two weeks. CD Lamb had missed the games before that. Um, so it, it it was ugly. You would have liked to have seen the Cowboys play a better game than that. But the beautiful thing, take tying it back to college football, style points matter when you're trying to impress a committee and get into the playoff. <laughs> it does it does not matter in the NFL. If the Cowboys win the rest of their games and go thirteen and four, nobody's gonna look back at that trip to New Orleans and say like, yeah, well, but you kind of looked like crap. Like, no, that's not how it works. Uh, it just matters what your record is. So, um, it was, it was gross that the offense continues to concern me. Uh, they can't run the ball. The mm-hmm. Dak looks like he's out of step with his receivers, at least for the time being. Uh, but Hey, you force four takeaways, you get out of there with the dub. That's, that's all you can really ask for at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I mean, every team, every team this year is having difficulties. I mean, you you look, we're actually comparable with just about every team in the AFC. You've only got um, what New England, who seem to be riding a hot streak at the moment. They're obviously they don't they haven't had their bye week yet, so um, I think they're get their bye week this week. But they're they're nine and four. Everybody else in the AFC is eight and four. Um, yeah. And what Arizona and Green Bay are the only ones with better records in the NFC as well. So, you know, yeah. everybody's going through it. And then, you know, obviously the, the next five weeks for us against the the old NFC East teams, including Arizona, um, you know, and anything can happen. You only have to look at the Detroit Lions Minnesota Vikings game to see that division games mean anything happens. So. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. And I, I think if you if you look around the league, I mean, I you, you said it perfectly. There's probably only three teams in the NFL right now that feel great about where they are. Uh, Arizona, Green Bay, probably throw in New England. I mean, the Chiefs have won five straight games, but even the Chiefs not the prettiest outing on their part against Denver the other night. I mean, they scored 22 points. Seven of those were off of a pick six. Uh, I think they blocked a punt as well. So, I mean, it's not like they've been the high flying chiefs that we've gotten used to. Obviously they only scored 19 points against the Cowboys recently. Uh, Of course that was plenty to win the game, unfortunately, but um, yeah, man, I think, I think there's a lot of teams right now that are just trying to figure it out get healthy, get, get back to it. I, somebody asked the question, you know, what, what's happened to the offense. And I think that's the million dollar question for the Cowboys right now is um, I think, I, I think every piece of this offense is just off just a little bit. I think yeah. it's, it's Dak Prescott to some degree. It's obviously the offensive line. Zeke Elliott's been hurt. They haven't mm-hmm. been able to get a consistent rotation of wide receivers really in, in the entire season, if you want to be honest about it. Um, 
And so that's, I keep saying, I'm trying not to put too many eggs in one basket, but I'm really hoping. So if you think about it, they win in New Orleans. They get back to Dallas late Thursday night, early Friday morning, Dallas time. They're off on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They come in for meetings Monday, but they're not practicing. And then they're off again today. So by the time they hit the field on Wednesday morning, tomorrow morning, uh, they will have been off for five days. It's all, it's not quite a full bye week, but it's a lot of time off for a guy, for guys that play a lot of football recently. So I'm really hoping with that time off, not only did they get rested and get healthier, but I'm really hoping this coaching staff took a long look back at the last month and said, why, where's our communication gone? Why are we off? Why is our protection not as good? Why is our quarterback not on the same page with his receivers? Is it something that opposing defenses are doing to us? Is it something that we can improve? And um, I'm I'm just really hoping that this little break helps them look a lot lot better than they have recently. Yeah, yeah. I think I think as as Mike Mike points out, and Dave, you've been talking to Mike in recent days. Like regardless of how how we've performed, we still got to win. And as you said, there's no style points for for winning. It's it's just win and that's it. Yeah. It's it's that old Al Davis quote of just win, baby. Exactly. But as you can see, we've kind of had the news running through the bottom of the screen. So obviously we got Tank and Amari and CD back last weekend. Tristan Hill is back from suspension. Now Gallimore and Randy Gregory are due back. Um are there any updates on Terrence Steele and Sean Wright? Are they still in COVID or are they due back this week? Terrence Steele is back as of yeah. an hour, an hour ago. Uh, so yeah. Terrence Steele's back. He'll, he should be available. I don't believe Nashawn Wright is, which that makes sense. If you think about it, he was the last guy. He's the most recent yeah. player to test positive. Yeah. So um, we might hear something about him here in the next couple of days, but I think as far as I can remember, I think he's the last guy left on the list now. Yeah. I think everybody else is back. So. You just got to hope that with the players having their long weekend off, that they haven't gone out partying too much. And yeah, that's a great point. And I think uh, to, to, tomorrow and Thursday are going to be big in terms of because the you know they're coming back into the building, they're starting to practice again. Hopefully, hopefully everybody enjoyed their weekend off, but not too much, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Dave, I suppose if we if we look at it, is there going to be a bit of movement on the roster this week with the guys we have coming back? And you know, like I think I think we were down to fifty one last week, but what, we have three or four guys coming back this week. So, is there any rumors or anything circulating about guys being caught or guys going back to practice squad or anything like that at the minute? Yeah, I got to be real honest with you. Uh, we joke about this on our shows all the time, like. It's so hard to keep track of the roster during COVID. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's taken on a life of its own. Um, you know, guys get called up from the practice squad for 48 hours. They get sent back down. A lot of times, the team doesn't even bother to fill the roster out the way. Like normally, back in the day before COVID, you were at 53 almost always, with no exceptions. And now they'll just hang out with 48 players on the roster because they know they can call five up from the practice squad at a moment's notice. So um, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the roster right now. I mean, you know, if, if Neville Gallimore comes back and, uh, and Randy Gregory comes back, 
they are going to have to make a couple of moves. But the important thing to remember is, I mean, you can always kind of manipulate those numbers, right? Like um, just yep. off the, off the top of my head, like, I mean, you can move a Justin Hamilton back down off the roster. He's been hanging out for a while. Um, who else really comes to mind? There's sprinkle um, away or yeah, you could do, yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy Sprinkle's been a guy that's been on and off throughout the season. Um, so there are there are ways you can do that. I mean, they're not going to have to cut anybody overly important to get to the roster limit. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I suppose bearing in mind the time we have with Dave, we're just going to jump straight into this. So just one sec. So our offense, so if, if we jump into the offense itself and how, how the offense got on, like the numbers are rolling through the screen there. I think, as you've said, Dave, look, Dak is still looks a bit off. And that's, I think it's, 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 it's the whole thing of the offensive line not being set, the wide receivers not being set. And even his line, his, his running back is not guaranteed. It, it seems to be Pollard is getting a heavier workload now with Zeke being injured as well. It's, it's, it's what it's frustrating to figure this type of stuff out when everything is kind of part of it. Right. And I actually, uh, you can go to my Twitter timeline this morning Uh, earlier today. I, I tweeted out a video that Kurt Warner did where he kind of went through some of the Cowboys offensive miscues against the Saints, and you can see that it's a little bit of everything, right? Like, if you go back and watch it, like, the protection hasn't been as good in recent weeks as we've gotten used to. I don't think Dak trusts his pocket a lot of times. I think he goes through his reads faster than you would prefer. Um, it doesn't seem as though he's on the same page with his receivers on occasion. Like, I, I've brought this up a few times over the last few days, but the fourth and two play to C.D. Lamb – CD uh, freelanced and, and got through the coverage and was wide open and him and Dak just weren't on the same page and in, in terms of which direction the ball needs to go. It's just little stuff like that that can make the difference yep. between converting mm-hmm. third and fourth downs or even scoring touchdowns and not. Um, you can go back through subsequent weeks. Subsequent weeks, drops have been an issue. Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown had a terrible day in Kansas City. Uh, I'll ne- I mean, Amari Cooper – had an awful drop going all the way back to the Denver game. I think it's his only drop of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and and then the offensive lines communication as well. I think that's part of it. Of part of why the running game hasn't been as successful. Um, and then you wrap all of that up on top of it. I don't think uh, I don't think this has been a great month for Kellen Moore either in terms of play selection, when yeah. you're running certain plays, uh, what you're calling. So. I wish I could give a reason for why, but I just don't think anybody involved with the Cowboys offense is, is there right now. And the Mm. frustrating thing is like, I really only think it's like a couple degrees off. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's like, uh, it's like a a combination lock, you know, how you can like you twist it and you got to get it to just the right (laughs) notch. And I feel like, they're only like a couple clicks away from where they want to be, but it doesn't it doesn't unlock if you're not in the right spot, and that's just what I feel like I've been watching. Yeah, I mean, I I think for me, what what it's been is obviously Zeke's Zeke's hampered 
Um, you know, that plus obviously the last couple of weeks we've been playing some of the better run defenses in the league. Um, you know, so they've been able to take away our running game. And then, you know, it, it's all talk about is you take away the first aspect of, of what your opponents wanted to do. And that typically against the Cowboys, it's always going to be take away the running game. Then you can focus on a wide receiver. And because all of our wide receivers and Dak have been out for periods of time, either not practicing, COVID, injury, whatever, um, you know, they just don't have that synchronicity that they do. And it's easier to attack these guys and then throw in the fact that you've got Connor McGovern, Connor Williams, the you know, you're you're mixing in Terrence Steele, you're mixing in Lyle Collins. Um, it's just, you know, it's not giving Dak the time to go through his progressions so that once they have taken away his number one receiver, he's not got the same length of time for the number two, the number three, and it's he's then finding it difficult and he's um you know, he's he's either overthrowing them or, you know, these guys are dropping the ball as well. We've had yeah. un- uncharacteristic dropsies all, all the way through half of these games as well. Oh, and there, and there we are. Mr. Poland, I'm in the eye of the storm. I'm in the eye of the storm. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings. Yeah, how you doing, Dave? You all right? I'm wonderful, man. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah. It looked look like arguing my, with my router has temporarily worked. I don't know how long for, but we'll see. Yeah, I've been there. Sick. That's hey, I'm doing I'm doing this from work because I know I won't be able to do it from home. My signal absolutely sucks. So I hear you. <laughs> well, I, I do know that when you were with a certain friend of ours, um, I noticed that the next show you did was from a hotel room. And uh, I was thinking to myself, I was like, he said he didn't make it for this. I'm wondering. Hmm. Fair, 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 fair. Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody heard from Paul? Uh, he's, he's, he's making his way. He's making his way. He got delayed by 24 hours because of the new COVID rules. So. Yeah, I heard about that, unfortunately. <laughs> It always so lands he is, he on. He is on a flight now, but <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's he's a warrior, man. I literally, I, uh, I hung out and got drinks with him and Casey, and then he tailgated for Thanksgiving, and then uh, I was sitting up in the press box. I didn't get to see him in New Orleans, unfortunately, but uh, I was sitting in the press box in like the third quarter. And I check my messages and Paul DM me and he's like, look to your right. I'm in section 636. <laughs> <laughs> I get my binoculars and there's his, there's his crazy ass with his kill yeah, yeah. face paint. Yeah. I was, he was <laughs> he was really easy to find. Like I was going to say, <laughs> I would imagine it, it, that you'd be easy to find in AT&T, <laughs> let alone Arrowhead amongst the yeah. red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he stands out a little bit. A little bit, just a little bit. But uh, bring, bring, bring the back round to to the game itself, and yeah. another another member of uh, of the crew here, Graham, and Graham and Rich are two offensive line guys. What is your view on left guard? And you know, is it a case of let's go back to Connor Williams, or is it mm-hmm. continue with Connor McGovern, or where are we with left guard? 
I'm I'm frustrated because I don't think it's an answer with an obvious solution. I think mm. uh, I I think Connor Williams has has probably been the better player now that we've had a few opportunities. Agree. To, we've watched it, it, like you know, three starts of Connor McGovern. I think Connor Williams is the purely better player. Connor Williams also led the NFL in flags and. <laughs> People have made the point before of like you develop that reputation and people start to look for it. So maybe even if yeah. maybe even if you're not deserving of some of those flags, you get them called on you anyway. Connor McGovern got flagged for a five yard penalty in New Orleans, but he really hasn't had those issues. Um, I would probably switch back to Connor Williams if it were my call, but I don't know that the team has seen enough to do that, especially. Once you once you make the decision to switch in the middle of the season, especially benching a three year starter like Connor mm, Williams, yeah. I feel like you're probably going to be reluctant to do it again. And that's, you know, unfortunately, a lot of that can just be as simple as coaches not wanting to admit that they're wrong. Um, yeah. So I would be surprised if they do it again, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, here's something I, I was trying i'm trying to get my head around with connor williams as you say led the league in penalties and like there's there's two narratives really that you look at it is one the officiating this year has been poor that that is something that you can say yes. it has across the board yeah it has been bad but is this something because you could literally you could call a flag on all five offensive linemen for holding on any play you, you literally could, but what is yep. it? Because I, 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 when I watch the old twenty-two, and you're trying to pin down what it was Connor Williams is doing, Dave. Maybe you can answer it because I've asked Hetmer the same question: is what is it that Connor Williams is doing? Because there must be something the officials are keying in on with him that they're seeing. I don't know what it is. So, a theory that I have, um, and this isn't just about holding, but I really yep. think the the game moves so fast that I think officials in a lot of cases just have tells that they look for. And mm -hmm. you can take, you can take this all the way back to, I hate to bring this up, but you can take this all the way back to the Des caught it incident where he had control. He reaches out for the ground, but the minute you see a guy go to ground and the ball come loose, that's just a tell that a referee looks for the same thing of like, if the punter hits the ground, is the referee going to like, did the referees purely see what happened? Probably not, but the punter's yeah. on the ground. So that's a tell. And so in holding, you can see that a lot is if a guy gets his hands on the outside of the shoulder, like out by mm. the sleeves, yeah. that's just an easy thing to look for where they're like, oh, well, I can see his hand placement isn't like it's in a place that's conducive to holding. Yeah, or yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of times if, and sometimes you see this where a defensive lineman will lose his balance and go to the ground. And Which we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's not a pancake block, but the ref no. sees like, oh, he, he fell flat on his back. There yeah. must be holding or something like that. So the point being is you can get sloppy in your technique sometimes and give away tells, quote unquote, that make it easier to flag you. I've, I'll be honest. I haven't gone back and studied every flag Connor's drawn over the no, season no, no. to see that. But that would be my suggestion is that um, there's probably something with his technique that stands out to officials, if I had to guess.
Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to look. I don't know because there's nothing obvious. And when it, you look it, at it, even some of the holding calls, well, some, nearly all of them, you're just like, that could go either way, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've, I've seen it as well. I've seen some of them where it has been on the outside of the shoulder pads. I've seen some of it, as Dave says, where the defensive lineman's fallen over. He's actually brought Connor Williams down on top of him as well. And they're saying, well, well, you know, because Connor Williams has gone to the ground as well on top of him, that's the case that he was obviously holding. And he's, you know, the momentum of the, the guy going down has obviously brought him over as well. I mean, it's, it's something that used to frustrate me. I, I, when I got flagged for it all the time and they wouldn't tell me what the hell I was doing wrong. But they were obviously it was one guy was picking on me every every game that he turned up to officiate. Um, I could tell I was going to get flagged three times at least a game <laughs> for holding. So, you know, it used to it used to really annoy me. And at, at one yeah. point, I you know I came very close to getting ejected because I really wanted to grab him and tell me, you know, say what the hell am I doing wrong? You know, right? Yeah, and it's 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 nearly it's like it's like the Tyron Smith thing. Tyron gets called at least twice a season for a perfectly legal block because his wingspan is so big. And as you say, Dave, he's outside of the jersey. And it's it's a case of his hand's in the wrong place, so he has to be pulling. And, you know, it's just a ridiculous thing to have happen. I actually, well, uh, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because I have a very vivid memory of, uh, I was talking to a member of the coaching staff. This was, I think, in the 2019 season. Um, Tyron got hit for like two or three holding calls in mm. a, like it happened in, in like game. two or three games in a row. And I was talking to this coach and he was like, we don't know that there's no, we can't coach him on this. Like we're, we can't give him a coaching point because he's doing it perfectly. He just is so massive and he like envelops these guys and the refs think he's holding, even though he's not, it's just, mm. it, it is yeah. what it is. And that's, I think I've just kind of made my peace with the fact that I think the game moves too fast for a lot of these refs and um, you just, there's unfortunate. I mean, it sucks. I'm not saying it's okay. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. Hey yeah. mate, it's all right. You could be doing a fake quarterback slide and get away with it. Oh, <laughs> oh Mike, you, you're hot on that fake slide. Oh yeah. I was actually talking to Dave about that on Twitter. It, I mean, it it was awesome, but yeah, yeah. yeah but it's not fair. Like there, I mean, there's no. so many, there's so many rules that already make this game hard to play on defense, and like, to, I mean, that should be a flag. And I feel like a, I feel lame saying that because it was such a cool play. It was but, cool to look, yeah, but. I mean, come on. At some point, we got to help the defenses out, right? <laughs> yeah. It's very, like, uh, Michael Vick-esque is what yeah. it was, you yeah. know? But I, I can remember that after that happened, they turned around and they said, look, fake quarterback slide is a case now. You do that, the play's dead from that point. And I know I mean, we're getting, it's, it's, we're moving away be. from <laughs> No, it's okay. Hey, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> But speak, speaking of referees, we do have have a point in here from Joe. So he, he's basically saying, why was there no call on the DAC uh, inter, interception with the hit he took from the Saints defender? I mean, it, it seems to be a case of referees mm. tend not to call a lot of things against us. 
I think Dak suffers from a similar problem that um, Cam Newton suffered from for a long time, which is like he doesn't look like a sissy quarterback who needs to be protected. He's yeah. six, he's six two, two hundred thirty pounds. He's built like a linebacker. He's a <laughs> tough guy. I mean, it was what three weeks ago. Three weeks ago against Atlanta, he didn't have an open guy, and he just literally bowled over a DB to get into the end zone. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Tom, Brady, Tom Brady ain't doing that. Um, nope. You know, so it's fun. It's awesome that the Cowboys have an athletic quarterback like that, but I think mm-hmm. I think that works against him sometimes. I mean, it worked against Cam Newton for years. He used to get murdered all the time, and they wouldn't call anything because he was he's 6'6", 250. I mean, he looks like a transformer. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's like the refs being biased against the Cowboys. I think it's the refs not viewing Dak as a, uh, like I said, like a classic statue quarterback. They kind of, they give him more freedom to play like a football player. And because of it, he doesn't get as many favorable calls, which is, it's not fair. Um, but I think that's why. Well, I I got a question. What do you guys think is the issue behind Dak? You know, it segues into what you're saying about with Cam Newton. Why Dak isn't rushing from what we used to see in? Because we used to see it all the time, and now he seems to just... Because there's even runs there where he can go for it, and he's not. He's he's standing rather trying to throw a ball or throw a rainbow pass, and I'm not getting that. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to it was a storyline throughout the offseason. So we actually we talked about this on our podcast for a minute for a while today. Uh, Cowboys break. <laughs> OK, um, but no, but it, it's an interesting conversation, though, because I, I looked it up in the past in the two years before he got hurt. Dak was averaging like three and a half carries a game for 17, okay. 20 yards, which is fine. And Perfect. No, it, 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 it's not a yeah. lot. Right. It's not no. a lot at all. Uh, this year he's down to like two, a little less than three, like two and a half, two and three quarters. And it's only for eight yards a game. And so, I mean, that doesn't seem like a huge difference on the surface, right? But 17 yards a game can be three first downs. And that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. That could be the difference between going six of 13 on third down or two of 13 on third Mm -hmm. down, you know? Um, so I do think that's an element. I mean, let's be honest. Like Dak never has been and never will be Lamar Jackson. He that's not his oh, game. Yeah. <laughs> but um but I do think that's an element and I think he's been reluctant to draw plays out on the ground. You can go back and look there are even a couple of examples in the Saints game where he bails out of the pocket, he tucks and run, he gets to the edge. And he I mean, he's not going to pick up a lot of yards. Maybe he only picks up 3 or 4. But instead of doing that, he fires a pass downfield and it's incomplete. And so then you go back and look and you say, well, second and six is better than second and ten. Yeah. And again, that that can go back to a reason why maybe the offense is a little herky jerky. And so, I mean, the obvious answer is he broke his ankle running last year. Yeah. And Mm. I mean, he he said all through the offseason that he's not going to change the way he plays football, but he's going to pick his spots. And I think going back to the Atlanta game, we see that if he's on the goal line and it's the difference between a touchdown or not a touchdown, he's not afraid to do that. Mm. But is it in his best interest to 
scramble for three yards on his own 35 yard line, you know? And I think that's, (laughs) um, that's a tough line to walk. I don't, I don't envy him for trying to feel that out because let's be honest, if he hurts himself getting a four yard gain, then the season's screwed and everybody's unhappy with him, you know? So, um, that's, that's a tough line to walk, but I do, I do think they're missing that element of his game a little bit. I would I would like for them to find a way to get it back, but at the same time, let's not be crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we need him healthy. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah, it, I, everything I think, runs I, through him. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Ron, Ron, sorry, mate. No, I was gonna I was gonna say. I mean, you you look at Alex Smith when he came back from the injury in in Washington as well. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't running the way that he was back in the the days of the Forty ers and the when he was at the Chiefs as well. I mean, he was quite a mobile mobile quarterback there where he would run for a couple of first downs a game as well. Um, you know, obviously the, the injury that he had weighed on his mind a little bit. I think that's saying that, you know, obviously my I'm making 40 million this year. I need to be there for my team, you know. So, you know, I can't risk putting put my head down and going for those extra yards, especially when there's a lot of real estate on offer. Um, you know, and that's that's allowing guys to tee off on him and get speed up and, you know, go go in at him. Um and, you know, that's that's when you get the injuries. Um so I th- I think there is a mental aspect to that. Now if Dak can get through this season uh un- relative, relatively unscathed, then, you know, next year he can, you know, that mental aspect will go away and back to the way he was. Um, but it, it tends to be the first season coming back from an injury like that. Most most players are missing yeah. that yeah. aspect of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, used one as well where they're talking about the cap uh, and re-signing Michael Gallup. I'm more, I don't know what you guys think, I'm more interested in trying to keep Dalton Schultz. I don't know what you guys are. I'm fed up with the Dallas Cowboys uh, drafting tight ends to give to the rest of the league, (laughs) developing them. (laughs) It's gone on too many times. That's a good point. Um, I think... No, go ahead, y'all. Go ahead. Well, I I was going to say that I think, um, you know, even even with the, the announcement you made the other night, Mike, that it's going mm. to be 210 million this this yep. next year. That still means we're 14 million over. So we're going to be having to cut some guys or restructure a few guys anyway, yeah. um, just to even get under the cap. And mm. you then talk that you've got Connor Williams leaving, you've got Michael Gallup, you've got Cedric Wilson, um, Leighton Van Der Esch, who I think he's probably out the door at, based on how he's going this season. I mean, no. uh, what one yeah. one assisted tackle and he he whiffed on an interception in the Saints yeah. game as well. That yeah. you know it just went. It, Have the Cowboys put route. a missing post route for LV yet? Is that going around there yet, Dave? Are, wait, are the Cowboys what? I don't think I caught you. I you know, he's talking about LVE. I said, are they missing posters around Dallas for LVE at the moment? Oh, missing post. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, everybody knows where he is. He's just not, <laughs> he's not playing that well, unfortunately. No. Like, 
I, I think if we talk in terms of salary cap, look, salary cap, and we have two great people who operate our salary cap in Stephen and Will, getting under the cap won't be a problem. Let's not forget that team in Pennsylvania were 50 million over the cap last summer. I was remember, salary cap is a myth. It is. It's an absolute <laughs> myth. So we can, we can move money around. But I suppose more, more to the question that Graham was asking, and as you extended on it, Mike, in terms of, say, Michael Gallup or Dalton Schultz, I mean, where where do we go? Or where would you go, Dave? Would you look to, to extend Gallup or would you look to extend Schultz or wave goodbye to both and pick up someone See, in the draft? Somebody might have mentioned this and I missed it, so I apologize. But I think we're forgetting a very important name in this conversation. Uh, he goes by Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the Cowboys are going to have to make a call on that. Um, for that matter, J. Ron Curse is a guy that I'm suddenly very oh, interested yes. in. That, that's a guy that I think you're going to have interest in re-signing. Uh, so they got... <laughs> hey! Oh, still oh, no. Poor Paul. Oh, no! Poor Paul. Just so oh, you know no. <laughs> about about this as well, Dave, that we since Paul went over, the Cowboys started losing, and we told him if they lose to the Saints, he's not allowed to go anymore. You're never coming back, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're putting a travel ban, and it's got nothing to do with COVID. It's just Paul. Yeah, it's just Paul's <laughs> streakiness. But yeah, um, I, I agree. Brandy Gregory is the priority, hundred percent. Yeah, I think, and yeah. and. I want to be careful what I say here. I think the world of Michael Gallup and I like Mm. Dalton Schultz. I like Dalton Schultz a lot too, but hard decisions have to be made. Mm. The salary cap, the salary cap is a myth in the sense that you can move (laughs) your, you can move around it. That part is very true, but there are repercussions for ignoring it. Uh, And I think the Cowboys are, I mean, you can look around the team or look around the league and see teams that are dealing with that. Like if you, if you ignore the realities of the salary cap long enough, your day is going to come. And so mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys, the Cowboys need to be mindful of that. Um, especially they've already moved a lot of guys money around. I mean, they're, they're tied to Zeke for the foreseeable future. Um, mm-hmm. They've got some things to think about with some other guys. Um, regardless, I, I put Randy Gregory as my number one priority, whether that means you got a franchise tag him, get a deal done with him, whatever. Um, and then Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz. You still have Blake Jarwin. I know it hasn't been a great season for him. You've got Blake Jarwin still in the fold. And Sean McCune is very quietly uh, a pretty impressive undrafted signing. And then this is why you drafted C.D. Lamb is so even if Michael Gallup walks, you've got a heck of a duo in C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. You can get compensatory picks for those guys. And that might have to be the way they play it. I mean, it, it's impossible to predict the future here before the season's even over. But yeah. I definitely I lean toward putting my priority on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you can you can figure that stuff on offense out in other ways. But mm-hmm. the way Ra- the way Randy was playing before he got hurt, I'm not letting that walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. He's flying around the ball, but I um, you know. 
No, sorry, go on, carry on. <laughs> I'm gonna be end I'm gonna end up going too far into draft talk if I ask the next yeah. question. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We'll 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 rein we'll rein it in. I suppose if, yes. if if we were to look at say in terms of one draft topic and like I think both myself and Mike and Lauren are all looking forward to the draft show being back up and running. we're always tuned in for that and you know, we're draft nuts ourselves. But at the minute, Dave, where are you looking in terms of the draft? Are you looking at offensive line? Are you looking at another cornerback? Or, you know, we, we know that that draft is a lottery, obviously, and it'll depend on, on how the picks fall. But where would you go? Two things stand out to me. Offensive line being one of them, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to draft – I mean – I would love to draft a utility offensive lineman or or an elite guard. I mean, you know, it's it's, obvious, guard, yeah. it's very it's very easy to com- to bring up the comparison of Zach Martin. He was a college All American mm. at tackle who moved to guard. Obviously, yeah. who knows if you're going to find a future Hall of Famer? But being on the lookout for a guy like that who could really solidify the inside of your offensive line. And then honestly, this is going to sound strange. Uh, linebacker is something that yeah. I'm taking a hard yeah. look at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know they just drafted Parsons, but I haven't seen anything from LVE that makes me think he needs to be re-signed. Uh, same thing goes for Keanu Neal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we would all agree that we liked what we saw from Jabril Cox before he got hurt, oh, but yes. that's not something you're going to bank on. Um, so I'm not saying it needs to be a first-round pick, but I would spend – a heavy duty pick on a linebacker in this draft. And then depending on what happens, if you can re-sign Jaron curse, that would be awesome. But if that not, would be great. I mean, of course, we're always going to be talking about safety being a need in the draft for this. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's just the way it goes. That's so life those are, Cowboys. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So those are, <laughs> those are the big three that stand out to me right now. But again, I mean, so much is going to change. If Dalton Schultz leaves in free agency, Mm-hmm. I think tight end becomes a conversation worth having. Same thing. You know, we could be right back in the same situation we were in recently where if Michael Gallup leaves. There you go. And, I mean, if if the best value on the board is a wide receiver, I'm always going to say restock that pile. Like, just keep going. <laughs> I said this the other week. I literally um, said the other week, I said, imagine Michael Gallup walks and Chris Olave is on your board. You're going down that road. Chris oh, yeah. Olave. Okay. All See right. what I mean? See what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that would be, yeah, you could talk me into that very easily. I mean, very easy. The strength of this team is Dak Prescott and the offense. So just always keep that thing rolling. That's fine with me. Keep the strength. (laughs) Absolutely. But look, before. I'm glad you said that, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to help. We're, we're 45 minutes in and we've, we've talked offense. We've talked draft. Let's talk. (laughs) so let's talk the defensive side of the ball and the defense and takeaways were back in force this week four interceptions Trayvon with his ninth of the season we had Carlos Watkins with a fat guy return for a touchdown a big six and J-Ron curse (laughs) You know, I mean, it was it was like the Oprah Winfrey. You get an interception, you get an interception, and you get an interception. 
Yeah, what happened yeah. in the game? Was it a bad quarterback or that was being forced to throw or were the defense that good? Hey, I mean, it, both things can be true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I don't think Taysom Hill is a very good quarterback. And I think no. it's football 101. Tony Pollard changed that game because mm. yes. he goes to the house from 58 to make it 20 to 10. And now the Saints can't. I mean, the Saints, the Saints were trying to play the game that the Patriots played last night. You know, like the Saints wanted Taysom Hill throwing like 10 passes and running for a combined 40 attempts and just grind out an ugly win and get the hell out of there. But the minute you go down multiple possessions in the second half, you can't do that anymore. And I don't think Taysom Hill is a good enough pure passer to get that done. I mean, if you go no. back and look – um, I don't remember the exact series, but I think it was the very, it was the beginning of the third quarter. The saints had a chance to go and score a touchdown and really change the complexion of that game. And he'll, he'll miss the throw down on the goal line. Like if he throws yeah, a better yeah, ball, yeah. Yeah. it's probably a touchdown and the game kind of changes a little bit. So I just don't think he's that good of a passer. Having mm-hmm. said that, how many games have we watched the Cowboys defense play <laughs> where the ball's just caroming, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. just ricocheting off somebody's hands and somebody's doing push-ups because they're mad about dropping an interception? Like, yeah, Taysom Hill threw up some opportunities for them, but these guys went and made plays. I mean, Jaron Curse, that was one of the most impressive plays we'll see all season for him to mm-hmm. drag his toes and get that batted ball. Um so that was it, even though a better play by Parsons because oh, he's absolutely. he that that was probably his this year for me that was his best play what he it did was, on that it, cover it was it was absolutely it was one of them for sure and so <laughs> yeah I mean give credit to Taysom Hill thanks Taysom Hill for helping the defense out but those yeah. guys went and made those plays which is something yeah it's it's still kind of remarkable to see that because like I've spent so many years being like oh they were so close and they didn't get it but <laughs> this group is different this this group's got yeah. soft hands i gotta give them that <laughs> yeah and i i, I want to say as well though i was happy to have demarcus Lawrence back for this game oh. he made a difference and, and he hit the ground running that, that oh yeah first couple of, that first couple of drives he was all over the place and you know, causing trouble yeah. and getting in the backfield and setting the edge and everything yeah, yeah. that you want him to be doing so you I literally thought, just described his like career. <laughs> <laughs> I I laughed to myself during that game because that was a picture perfect example of like, you know, there are people that hate Demarcus because he doesn't yes. get enough sacks. I know exactly and where you're going. That game was a picture perfect example of like, okay, if you don't if you don't think he had a good game because he didn't get a sack, just tell me you weren't watching the game. He was <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. He was. I, I, he was. I He's think he was second in pressures, I believe. Yeah. He was living in the backfield. He mm. was great against the run. He almost forced a fumble. I mean, he was yeah. this yeah. close to knocking the mm-hmm. ball out of Taysom Hill's hands. Um, he was so disruptive from the very go. Uh, and for him to do that in his first game since week one was incredibly impressive. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and I, I'm really – it's selfish on my part. Like, this isn't fair to the other guys, but – now he's got me hoping that Randy and Gallimore do the same thing. It's like, okay, yeah. if DeMarcus can hit the ground running like uh, this, I need yep. you guys to do it too. <laughs> and it's also with DeMarcus Lawrence, it's the stuff that doesn't come up on the stat sheet, you know, setting the edge uh, and, and 
you know, holding the line and, and making sure players are coming off the ball. It's all that sort of stuff that you see. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't. I know PFF try, <laughs> but there's stuff that you can't see on the stat sheet that shows up with Demarcus Lawrence. And like yeah. you say, Dave, people go, "Oh, but he, you know, he only gets so many sacks a year." And it's like, yeah, but you just need to watch the tape with Tank. It's a different thing. Uh, yeah, and don't don't get me. I mean, I would love it if he could get more sacks. I mean, of we, guys, yeah. <laughs> there there are edge rushers all over this league that show they can do the dirty work and still put up ten. 12, 14 sacks a year. Um, so I'm not saying Demarcus Lawrence doesn't need to get sacks. I'm just saying, yeah, his his game is, is one more. Just just put on put on the end zone angle of the tape and watch yeah. and see what happens. And <laughs> that's all. That's I mean, what else can you say? Yeah, yeah. And here's a question. I was thinking of this today, and I'll let you guys answer it, and I'll stop trying to take over. But <laughs> who? Who is playing better at their position right now, right? Michael Parsons or Zach Martin? Zach Martin. Oh, wow. I don't know. Zach Martin. Nah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For me, if you are picking your best 22 players in the league, Zach Martin is your right guard. And it's not even close. Yeah. I is I... questioning it. Well, no. <laughs> The reason, the reason I even hesitate, and I mean, we're we're nitpicking with Zach. Oh yeah, 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 but, yeah, I mean, yeah. But this offensive line has has struggled a little bit recently, and Zach, yes. Zach hasn't been blame free in that. Like I, I mean, you can go and dig up, you can go and dig up off moments for him. I'm I struggle to remember what game it was, but he he had a bad one. I think it was against Denver, actually. He had a couple mm. bad reps there. D- yes, um, it was. Yeah, there was a few. Yeah. But, I'm still going to go with the guy that's probably headed to the Hall of Fame. Like, I'm just not going to bet against the okay. guy that's probably okay. headed to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> aren't, yeah. aren't they what? both heading to the Hall of Fame? I would, do you know, I was just about to say that. Let's, okay, hey, I'm <laughs> I'm as excited about Micah as anybody. The parachute let's not, get, let's not yeah. jump. Not jump too far out ahead of the train. No, let, let's know? jump. Let's yeah. jump all the way two foot in. Look, no, let's, no, let's but be see, fair. But see that no, because you guys were saying the same stuff about Leighton in 2018 when he was doing this. <laughs> and that That's and exactly that. the point I was going to make. I mean, is we we, we went there with Leighton. So yeah, I, in fact, we went there so far. I got two jerseys with number. You gotta. <laughs> You gotta take this stuff a step at a time, man. No, I'm going still two feet in. But hey, that's, <laughs> that's fine too. That's fine. Too. Which hey, I mean, if anybody deserves it, it's Micah. Let's. I mean, Micah's true, true. rookie. My, Leighton had a great rookie season. Micah's rookie season has been far beyond what they got out of Leighton in 2018. So, and I think when you 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 talk to people about if you were to hypothetically go through the streets asking people. I think some people might say Parsons only because you're seeing week after week um, defensive player of the week NFC, Micah Parsons. Mm. On the highlight reel is Micah Parsons making a sack. What's Zach Martin doing? He's he's in a huddle. He's in the middle. It doesn't oh, make yeah, highlight I mean, reels. Nobody yeah. nobody, paid, nobody cares what the offensive line is doing. No. Like maybe, maybe people watch Tyron Smith because he's got this great reputation and it's a little bit easier to see the edge. Like nobody, Mm -hmm. nobody's looking at the interior of the offensive line. So yeah, I mean, you just, you kind of take Zach for granted after a while. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, I think I think the thing we can look at in, in terms of if you look at all the stats that we can put out there, right? Everyone on defense can make a tackle, can defend a pass, can hit the quarterback, have a sack, have an interception. The interior offensive linemen don't have any stats. There's nothing no. literally that they can do. Bar Even beat the guy in front of them and pancake them. And we gotta, we somebody needs to do something about that because even like the more popular football gets and the smarter we get about it, there's all these other stats you can look at, right? Like you can look at air yards per target to see yeah. like how how much the quarterback's throwing downfield. You can look at pass rush win rate to see how often a defensive lineman is beating his man. There still aren't any great stats for telling how well a guard is playing football. Like the only way to really evaluate that is to just watch the tape. Yeah. And if you do, you'll see that Zach Martin's amazing, but we got to we got to come up with a way to give those guys their due. I think the closest you've got is like sacks allowed, pressures allowed, quarterback hits allowed. Yeah. That's about I mean, it. Pre- Pressures allowed is a great stat. You just don't you don't see it. It does. It's not floating around as often yeah. as all these other stats are. You know. Yeah, and and it's not. I think as well is that you can't put offensive linemen in a fantasy lineup. That's oh, exactly sure. true. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that fantasy football drives all of these conversations. Like oh, the yes. way the way like people get mad, but they're like, oh. He's not top ten in the league. He's he's not top five in the league. It's like you're only saying that because you drafted him in the first round and you were pissed off that he didn't, <laughs> yeah. you know, he didn't, yeah. he didn't give you that. Like somebody somebody out there is furious at Amari Cooper because he drafted him so high and like Amari's not having a great fantasy season. And it's yeah. like I don't give a damn about that. And I'm there's there's somebody who's got like a fantasy football trophy at home and his starting quarterback was Blake Bowles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, every year. Like this, the, the, the amount of leagues, or the amount of leagues I'm in this year that I've managed to pick up Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey for next year, and I'm stashing them on on IR. You know, people are just want the guy who's doing it now rather than the guys who are proven to do it. Watch, like it's always it's always some guy like a great example, Javante Williams, the Broncos rookie running back. He hadn't. He hasn't really done much of anything this year. I mean, he's he's had a decent year, but he hasn't been amazing. Mm. And now Melvin Gordon's hurt in the stretch run, and now Javante Williams is about to be the feature back in Denver. Yeah. And he's probably he's gonna start. He's gonna win people their leagues because he's gonna blow up. And he was like sitting on benches for most of the season. Yeah, yeah he's I've, just been I've, sat on my bench for a while. That's I've how heard people. Works. I've heard people say he's going to be a top five running back next year. He that probably is how, be. Yeah, probably. Yeah, will. but that's that's how how much fantasy drives a lot of discussions for people, you know. Mm-hmm. Rather than ra- rather than actually, uh, you know, looking at the tape I and, say, and seeing I mean, what's on the tape. Other than the other than the sickos like us, I would say like seventy five percent of the football viewing populace is like, yeah, they watch their favorite team. But really, they're focused on their fantasy team. That's <laughs> it is what it is, and it, you know, hey, it drives the popularity of the league. I don't care. I don't care if fantasy is why you watch football. It's just not. It's not what I'm here for. Yeah. And I, I try to gear all my writing and all my opinions toward the sickos like us. Like that's who I'm trying to reach. <laughs> I like <it>. sickos. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so 
So speaking about some of your own writing, Dave, today I know you were looking at um, Miles Garrett, um, Mike Parsons, and you brought in TJ Watt, you know, into the, a lot of people are talking about Defensive Player of the Year. You know, do you want to give us some thoughts on that yourself in terms of the three guys? I mainly, I just think it's interesting like if you had, I mean, if you had just asked me that off the, that's actually what happened. Like uh, Derek asked us that on our show yesterday, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, Garrett and Garrett and Water, they're doing more than Mike is. Uh, they're they're gonna win. And that's again, like I spend all my time watching the Cowboys. I don't have time to go watch every yeah. Steelers game. Um, <laughs> And so, but then you look into it and you're like, oh, damn, no, it's a lot closer than I would have guessed. It's mm. a lot, lot closer than I would have guessed. Um, and I, I think it, it's more than anything, I, I'm not trying to say Mike is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think it's just a testament to how impressive he's really been, mm. is that his numbers compare favorably to arguably the two best Ed Rushers in the NFL right now, and he's not even doing it full-time. Um, yeah. I, I will say... I think it's I think I didn't realize TJ Watt had missed two games this year. So he's done all he's done everything he's done in 10 games, which is incredible. Uh, I think he had a case to win it last year and he lost it to Aaron Donald. So, I mean, if if you were asking me to predict it, I think he probably wins, assuming he keeps it up over the next five games. But the fact that Mike is even in the same conversation is is amazing. Yeah, I, and I will update you as well, Dave, that Nick said um, Micah Parsons was like 96 or something in yeah. pass rush attempts. He, after the weekend, the full week, he's actually now 111th. <laughs> I've just gone, I've just went and checked, and he, he's six in sacks. That's amazing. It, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, it's it's incredible. He's if he even comes close to maintaining this pace, he's probably going to set the rookie sack record, which yeah. go, go look at the guys at the top of that list. And a lot of them have had very, very good careers. So oh, yeah. I mean, that's nice company to be in. Do you think with the extra game, you'll be LT's record? Is it, it's LT isn't the record holder, is he? I thought it was, I thought it was uh, LT on the rookie. Is it not, is it not Javon curse? I thought it was Javon curse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor had uh, – he already beat Lawrence Taylor's rookie. Uh, rookie oh, right. Mark. Okay. I always Lawrence thought it was LT. My bot. My L- bot. No, you're, LT had nine and a half. Yeah, Javon Curse had 14 and a half. So, Mike has got five games to get five. That's what he mm. needs. Yeah. And he's doing um, one a game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess he comes in just short. I'm gonna guess ooh, like 13. Ooh. I'm gonna guess like 13 for the year. But hey. Yeah. I undersell. Every, I undersell everybody. That's just kind of that's my thing. So I get you. It's I'm a not, defense mechanism. I get it. I get it. It's absolutely <laughs> a defense mechanism. Haven't <laughs> haven't said that. The fact that you've got Gal, you've got uh, Gregory coming back. You got you know you got a full component of the defense coming point. back. This could just that's be funneling point. everything mm-hmm. back into him. No, so. I'm. Yeah. Look, I I just said it's a defense mechanism, but like I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for what this pass rush could be with all of these guys available. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. To the point where, you know, no pressure, guys, but if they're not just mauling people for the next few weeks, I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, Greg, what, Gregory's got like six. We, yeah. know what DeMar- we know what DeMarcus can do. Mike has got 10. Osa, 
Osa. Yeah. He doesn't have these like gaudy sack numbers, but he's a great, he's, Mm -hmm. he penetrates so well. So like, I mean, let's have a party at the quarterback. Come on, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Go on, Brian. Let's not forget we have the Canadian dozer, bulldozer back this weekend, potentially. Yeah. That's I mean, he's going, he's going to push the pocket. So That's one more. You've, you've all those guys, and then you're forgetting Chauncey Goldston, Terrell Basham, Carlos Watkins, who've all been great situational and spot players for us this season. As we say, Carlos Watkins, fat guy, pick six at the weekend. Yeah. Gotta love you a thick sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I'm stealing that, by the way. <laughs> it's hey, all yours, you know, Dave. I hope I'm not being rude. I, I got to run, unfortunately. This was a lot of no fun. No trouble, Dave. But um, It's just good to see you again, mate. Yeah, no, yep. I'm, I'm glad that my schedule finally worked out. It's been a hectic month or so, but uh, we'll have to do this again. <laughs> yeah, oh, only when you're free, mate. Only when you're free. I appreciate it, y'all. Y'all take care, and uh, you know, ho- hopefully we'll have that quarterback sack party on Sunday afternoon, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, go Aggies. <laughs> He see his little face as he left. I I knew that was coming. I had to throw that in just to check it out. Now let's gang up on him, Lauren. Seeing us us too long, Horns here. (laughs) Hey, you were talking about inside offensive linemen. I mean, mm. the, the, one of the main guys the Cowboys could be looking at is Kenyon Green from the Aggies. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. true. Um, and another guy that they could look at from the Aggies, Demarvian Leal. Oh yeah, Demarvian Leal. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually uh, not playing in the bowl game. He's done. That's yeah. it. He's but done, done. the guy is the guy is just so distri- he's just amazing at his job that. What's he yeah. got left to prove that he could play in that ball game and ruin it all? Because he's going to go in the first round. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's very true. But I suppose, look, let, let, let's flick it back anyway and let's talk, talk defense because we, we, we yes. kind of got a little bit off track. So, I mean, and the one thing we didn't get to talk about today, so I'll, I'll, I'll swing back around to that. But, I mean, we, you know, defensive line. Great performance. Linebackers. Whilst, yeah, Kurt, whilst Keanu Neal hasn't been great this season, I think Friday was one of his better games. And then, as we say, defensive backs, four, well, three interceptions. You know, I mean, what happened? Was it just the Uh, performance or was it the quarterback we played? Oh yeah, you got to play. You got to put it first. I mean, we spoke about it, Brian, on the pregame show. Mm. That, yeah. um, that you know, that Hill is not a every down quarterback. He is but like the Saints in the red zone. Were like mm. they're, they're the first in the NFL in red zone conversions. That when they get in the red zone, they score purely because they've got Hill, this gadget player that they can bring him in wildcat. On those yeah. zone read, zone sweep plays, <sighs> oh, there's so many options you can do with him in the red zone that defenses can't defend against. And because it's this unorthodox off- offense, it's hard yeah. to train and prepare for. But if you're going to make him an every down quarterback, because there's throws, there's just too many parts of his games that he's missing. Just way too many parts of it to be a, a continual passing quarterback. And that was showing. I mean, like the big one, DeMonte KZ, he, he had a shutout. 
he, so yeah. they, they he had uh, five attempts thrown at him for zero yards <laughs> and zero catches. You know, that's your, that's your free safety at the back doing all that work. Yeah. And it just goes to show because you can't make those passes. Yeah. 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 And I mean, obviously, he was hampered by the, the, the finger the injury finger. that he yeah. the yeah. game as well. <clears throat> and I mean, that made some of the passes is that he was throwing looked like butter balls coming out, you know. <laughs> there was quite a wobble on some of them, and you, you saw the memes on Instagram and uh, Twitter of you know, you know, the ball spinning almost Michael Jordan style, and <laughs> as it's leaving his finger, you know. So um, that that obviously didn't help him. But as as Mike says, I mean, he, he excels. Obviously, he's got this contract now that he wants to try and prove that he's a, a starting quarterback because obviously it he's pays him the big though. money, but he's not. And, you know, what, where he's excelled is obviously Drew Brees has been able to, you know, use him as a utility player. Obviously, there is no Drew Brees this year. Jameis Winston went down early as well, um, you know, and asking him to do everything for a whole game is just not going to work and yeah. Simeon as well was never going to be the answer yeah. for them as well so it, it created a problem for them it doesn't, it takes away you know, we saw we gave up 100 yards rushing to Taysom Hill yeah. you, see yeah. what he, you see what he can do um, yeah. whether you argue that there was a fake slide as well that guaranteed him a few extra yards or two yeah. Um, but that's that's one aspect of his game, and if that's all he's going to be, um, you you might as well run the wishbone offense mm-hmm. and yeah. you know triple yeah. option or something like that. You know, and <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's taking it away from the other potential players that you've got on uh, that team. Just fully play Michael, the wildcat, commit to the wildcat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like I, I, I mean, I think myself and Lauren will attest to this. Watching the last Longhorns game of the season, they went fully to the wildcat with Roshan, <laughs> Roshan Johnson. You know, taking most of the snaps at, at the wildcat position, and it worked. The Longhorns won that game, but Roshan Johnson had spent most of his, you know, school and high school career playing as a quarterback. He only transferred at the collegiate level, so. You know, a lot of the game for the Longhorns goes through the ground, though. Yeah, it does. That's an offense but, built for the run. But so and so is this new New Orleans team. Like, True. I mean, they have they have a top three running back with Kamara. You know, yeah. They they brought back Mark Ingram. They've taken some hail there. Man, we were lucky. It, uh, Kamara yeah. wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah, we were. So I mean. It, it, it's the great thing about the Thursday's game was, yeah, we got out of there with a with a win. It's been a while since we've won in New Orleans, but you know, there's no style points on offer, so a win is a win at this time of the year. Exactly, and that's what I said at the start. You know, when I I, yeah. uh, I was waiting for my internet to kick in, is that <laughs> it doesn't matter that the offense looked bad. Okay, you can have once mm. the dust is settled, your review of it and analyze it. But enjoy the win, you know. Enjoy the yeah. fact that you're a little bit closer to double-digit wins. You got it. Mm. One coming up that is 
going to help swing it even further because it's a division rival, um, yeah. which we'll talk about later in the week. But yeah. yeah, I mean, don't worry about how you get there, just get there. Yeah, that's it. Yep. And I mean, the offence can, we know the offence has the ability to kick into gear. We know the offence has the ability to put up 40 points. And I'd rather at this stage of the season that they're sputtering and kicking out the dirty dirty fuel mm. out of the fuel lines and you hit January and you are hitting your peak levels yeah. of performance. You figured out what doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah and, uh, you know, on top of that, like when you stop and you think about it, the last, you know, people are talking, and I include the Saints game, the last three games, really, where the offense has been sort of staggering and, and limping along. Look at the changes yeah. that constantly happened. There's, yeah. The offensive line has constantly been changed. Our wide receivers have been in and out with various injuries and COVID. Yeah. You've got Zeke with his injuries, but Pollard is now starting to step it up. There's been so many changes that that yeah. um, that whole, uh, and I asked the question, but the, the synchroni- synchronicity of the offense yeah. all starts to yeah. uh, unravel itself because of all these constant yeah. changes. Because it's like, well, who who am I throwing to? You know, because each runner, wide receiver runs differently. Each offensive lineman yeah. takes a slightly different step to get into a start. Yeah. And they're all do these little things that can start to, to change how your offense operates. And and Jerry said something similar on the fan today as well, that, um, yeah. you know, some of the receivers are maybe they're worried about the offensive line blocking. So they're cutting their route short two yards okay. or so to try and get out yeah. there to get to get into that sweet spot for Dak to throw to him a little bit earlier. But then obviously Dak's expecting the ball to go. Yeah, a seven a seven yard in or a seven yard slant or whatever. So yeah. he's throwing it at seven, and then that's obviously that's the, the the adjustment in the height just means that the receiver either has to reach up for the ball or, um, you mm. know, it's it's over his head. So, um, yeah. you know, it's little things like that, and it's especially when, um, you know, Dax had a, Dax had the, those weeks off with his calf, um. Yeah. You know, you've then you've had a Mari off for two weeks. You've had a CD off as well. Concussions. Lamb was out for most of the first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Gallup. Gallup was out for the first half. You know. Yeah. I mean, it 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 always used to be um, that the defenses in the first three four weeks of the season, while the offenses got that synchronicity up and running. The defenses, te- it, most games tended to be more defensive orientated. And then yeah. as the season went on, that's when the offense that's started, started piling they start up. To, yeah, they start what, to click into place. Yeah. yeah. What we're seeing because of all this upheaval, we're seeing that we're probably still, you know, week one, week two sort of offense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hope, you are starting over again. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It seems to be going the other way. And then our defense, yeah. which is developing, they're starting to mm. kick in, kick it. Because, but you know, bringing it back to the defense, what we're on is what I'm liking is that we even spoke about it in the off season and post draft that yeah, the offense is high powered. So all we need from the defense is to be sick, the sixteenth best, middle yeah. of the pack. To me, they're a top ten defense. So we're getting more out of what we were expecting. Mm. Yeah. Yep. If there's, if there's one negative that I do want to bring up from 
the game and from the defensive side, it was the garbage time touchdown. And the fact that Harris went untouched to the end zone. And I mean, he cut across the field, cut back in and went <laughs> untouched. I mean, yeah. there has been tackling issues and it hasn't just, it's not just been in this game. So, no, no, no. I mean, yeah. is that something that can be fixed? Is that a player issue or was it just a case of it's garbage time and we know we can pick <laughs> this guy off again if we need to? I think the, the the tackling at the front was bad, but on the back mm. end with the defensive backs was taking bad angles. There yeah, were a lot of yeah. bad angles being taken, and you're just watching yeah. it like, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need to be going that way. Cut, cut your man off and come in a bit more. So I yeah. think that's what it was. That there was, so, uh, but you're right because it's constant theme each week that man they missed so many tackles again. Um, yeah. You know, why that is, it's got to come down to preparation and coaching, and it? it? has to be. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, I think we've kind of discussed this on, on some of the post-game shows, Lauren, is the fact that Dan Quinn's defence is a bit more bent on break, so they are allowing that cushion. And is it a case they might need to step a yard or two closer? Because, you know, if you're giving a guy five yards... They're going to be up to speed a bit more, you know, so they, they, they have time to make a change of direction. They have time to make a cut. And is it a case they might need to step up that one or two yards to block off that cut? I'd, I'd actually say that, you know, Dan Quinn's defence is probably a bit more aggressive than a bend mm. but don't break. I mean, yeah. Rod, Rod Marinelli's defences were your your prototypical bend don't break and that's why we didn't see the interceptions that we're seeing this year yeah we've got guys <coughs> we've got guys that are actually taking chances on the ball the you know the, you look at the interception that Diggs had and it you know you see him passing off his man and sort of jamming his man off to the the safety and you think why is it why is he let him go and then obviously <coughs> yeah because Diggs is undercutting his receivers yeah <laughs> Yeah, you see the ball yeah. coming to Diggs. So, you know, they are taking a bit more mm-hmm. risks with that. And you are going to, obviously, you look at the, um, go, going back to that New England game, the, the 75 yarder to Kendrick Bourne as well. I yeah. mean, Diggs was literally we're talking six inches away from, <coughs> if he'd managed to get his hand in, you know, he could that could easily have been another pick for, for Diggs yeah. there. It, the more risks you take, the the the, the more um, the more you, likely you are going to come off on the bad end of it as well. And you know we are seeing that where we have given up the two long passes, but we're not seeing it like last year where we were leaking mm. like a sieve. And you know, yeah. <laughs> generally we are getting the help. Sorry about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Generally, we are getting help from yeah. other other players as well. Yeah. But you're still always going to get this mm. this one or two, um, yeah, to a season where you get you give off a, a big play. Um, yeah, and like I I I think you, I th- I think you have called it fair there, Lauren, in terms of the, in terms of how, how how it is. Like I think I, I I don't think we should ever mention last year's defense again. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it, they were so historically bad. So, I mean, it's a fair point that you made in terms of Rod Marinelli's is probably the bend or break, and it's, it's yeah, definitely. And then Quinn's is more; it is more aggressive, and as you say, <laughs> it's it's more see ball get ball. Yeah, and, and I, you know, take it from there. Yeah, and I mean, I think obviously we've got the the issue with last week. I know, yeah. obviously, you lambasted Anthony Brown last week. I think, t- <coughs> excuse me, two of Anthony Brown's pass interference penalties in that Raiders game. You know the the final one where the Raiders receiver basically jumped on top of uh, Anthony Brown, and Anthony Brown there was no chance of him turning his head round. If he'd managed to turn his head round, they wouldn't have called that as a pi. But yeah, <coughs> the Raiders knew the rule. Jumped. The receiver jumped on him, trying to make it look like he was coming back for the ball. But he was basically stopping Anthony Brown from turning around. That should, that's the way that the referees um, view that. But yeah. it's also it's it's playing into the the hands of um, the defense, the offense, because they can they can play that. the The second pass interference that <coughs> he gave up, which. I think he'd actually made an interception on it as well because he was running stride for stride. The receiver actually, Anthony Brown, had got his hand in between the receiver's uh, hip and his arm and the receiver actually trapped Anthony Brown's arm Mm. um, and didn't allow him to come away. And when he was trying to, because he then tried to pull his arm out to then turn around and make the catch, that's what drew the flag as well. So, I mean... You, you're going to get that, unfortunately, and I think uh, to 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 pull apart Anthony Brown, I think Anthony Brown is actually doing a very good job mm. this year, yeah. which, is, which yeah. is evidenced by the fact that you're not seeing guys like Kelvin Joseph and Sean Wright. They mm. haven't been on the pitch other than in mop-up yeah. roles or on yeah. special teams or or getting yeah. sent sent off for not even throwing a punch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Oh, he didn't. I mean, he, he, <laughs> he got true. he got he got it's slammed true. into the sideline, and they threw a yeah. they, they, yeah. they threw a flag for him getting sent off. Um, but you 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 got to think as well that <laughs> it's doing Kelvin Joseph a favour with having yeah. Anthony Brown there. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like like I think to be to be fair to Anthony Brown, I mean he didn't help himself in that Raiders game, but. In the same way as I said about last year's defence, you can't mark Anthony Brown down for one poor game. Yes, in the heat of the game, I know I probably said he needs to be cut at half-time. <laughs> and, and, and everyone will say things like that. But when we review things in, you know, with calmer heads, we'll generally go, right, he had a bad game, but how has he performed over the season? And to be fair, he... He's done okay. He's not an elite cornerback, and he'll never will be an elite cornerback. But you know, it's it's as you as Mike has alluded to. If we can get to that, say, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth ranked defense, that's Anthony Brown's wheelhouse. And if yeah. you know, if he's there, look, let's roll with it. You know, like we can do, we can do what the Miami Dolphins have done and have the two highest paid cornerbacks in the league on the team. But are they going to go to the playoffs? Probably not. Do you know? No. So it, it, it's know. the argument we said before. Like, does having two elite corners on the field really scare you? 
you just go, not really. But when you turn around and you go, oh, we're playing the best defensive line in the league, suddenly you go, uh-oh. That's a different train of thought that yeah. you, you're more worried about a good defensive line than you are about, about two de- defensive backs. Yep. Yeah. Just the way it goes. And it's a weird thing to say when it's a passing league. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But we're an hour and 20 minutes in. Is there anything else we want to talk about before before we start wrapping things up? Mm, no. The only thing I was going to add is uh, we've got the UK Cowboys Super Bowl bash, which is in Glasgow mm-hmm. this year. Yes. Yeah. Are you coming, Bri? Are you making the flight? I I am waiting to see in terms of work. So okay, we'll we'll see. But hope hopefully I will be there for the weekend. Just so you know, the Monday is a bank holiday. Is a bank holiday in the UK or a bank holiday in Ireland? Uh, not sure. You have some very <laughs> weird. You have some weird bank holidays over there. That is true. That is true. <laughs> well, you've also got to remember is it's Valentine's Day as well, so you better mm-hmm. make sure you've got everything sorted for when you stagger through the door. <laughs> yes. Well, or you do a pre, you do a pre-Valentine's. Yeah. Well, I had a wife who forgot our, our wedding anniversary this year, so you know she's <laughs> funnily, she's, funnily she's still making it up to me. <laughs> It's not so good if you do it the other way round. If the if the oh, husband forgets it, oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but um, be, before we do get out of here, obviously we want to give our give our regular shout outs. So I'll I'll, I'll bring up our good friends. <laughs> Go on, Brian. You can do there, it. So. There it is. So there it is. We have we we have our Cowboys experience. So Barry and the team over in Dallas. If you are making the trip out, make sure you reach out to CowboysExperience.com. Use the code, gentlemen. And what happens? Free stuff. Free stuff. Free stuff. Free. <laughs> and stuff. just just so you know, we are talking with them about a big thing. Obviously, we can't talk about it yet, but something yeah. is coming up in twenty twenty three. And like yeah. it, it is really cool. Like people like Joe from Italy who joins us each week, he's gonna want to jump on this. Yeah. It's well, a big so, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's so big I don't even know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you off air, it's big. It's huge. Like when you well, hear uh, it, you'll want to jump on it. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go, folks. And then as as, as we always love to do give our fellow content creators a follow so as you can see like dave hellman and the guys at the break the guys on top and cowboys and hanging with the boys with jay talk there jeff reinable big game james dallas cowboys for life Stashman, katie's fun tweets those guys are, are and girls let me never forget that there are also girls involved are all mm-hmm. putting out great content give them a follow you will not be disappointed by that yeah. yeah. Throwing it over, Mike and the guys will be back here on Thursday evening, 9 p.m. in the UK. It might be Paul PM. if he gets back. Might be Paul. <laughs> 4, 4, 4 p.m. on the East Coast, 3 p.m. practice time, and 1 p.m. on the West Coast of America. But as always, folks, it's a good night for me. 
Yeah, it's a good night for me as well. Hopefully, Paul is back. Otherwise, he's he's going to be filming the next um, the, the, term, the terminal too. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or circling the UK because he can't land or something. Yeah, yeah. I might have um, to pick so... him up from the airport in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's handle that. Um, yeah. yeah, so ho- hopefully see you Thursday night, guys. Yeah, let's do this. Good night, folks. <laughs>